You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. Five Eyes, alongside a couple of allies, issue a LockBit advisory. AI aids in proofreading phishing attacks. Anonymous Sudan mounts nuisance-level DDoS attacks against U.S. companies. France alleges a disinformation campaign conducted by Russian actors. Killnet says it's partnered with the less well-known DevilSec. The private cybersecurity industry's effect on the war in Ukraine. Carol Terrio ponders oversharing on social media. Our guest is Duncan Jones from Quantinuum on the threats of Harvest Now Decrypt Later tactics. And a note on this month's Patch Tuesday. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Intel briefing for Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. A joint cybersecurity advisory on the Lockbit Advanced Persistent Threat Group was issued this morning by cooperating agencies in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and the United States. The document warns of the group's prominence as the most active ransomware group and ransomware-as-a-service provider of 2022. The advisory gives detailed and actionable information on how organizations can defend themselves against lockbit ransomware operators. Check out the advisory and see how you can apply it. Abnormal security warns that attackers continue to abuse generative AI platforms like ChatGPT to craft convincing phishing emails. Abnormal has observed numerous types of phishing attacks that use grammatically correct AI-generated templates. The researchers observed a targeted BEC attack that was assisted by AI to impersonate vendors, which are said to be among the most successful persona for attackers. After all, conversations about invoices and payments are commonplace between vendor and customer, and they're accustomed to seeing money change hands. Anonymous Sudan is continuing its DDoS attacks on U.S. companies with a new campaign against shipper UPS. Their attack seems to have started around 6 p.m. Eastern Time on June 12th and continued for about two hours. Today, Anonymous Sudan attacked LinkedIn, As of right now, the hacktivists have paused their attack, claiming they're satisfied with its results. The DDoS efforts are said to be intended to dissuade the U.S. government from intervening in any way in the current Sudan crisis, 
and they follow U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's announcement that the U.S. would be imposing visa restrictions and economic sanctions on Sudan. French authorities report that Russian actors attempted to plant and amplify disinformation using, in part, spoofed pages misrepresenting themselves as major news outlets. Bloomberg reports that France's Ministry of Foreign Affairs uncovered a coordinated campaign using fake pages impersonating media outlets like Le Monde, 20 Minutes, and Le Parisien, among others. Foreign Minister Catherine Colonna condemned the actions in a statement, saying that they are unworthy of a permanent member of the United Nations Security Council. She continues, saying that no attempt at manipulation will distract France from its support for Ukraine in the face of Russia's war of aggression. Turning to a familiar hacktivist auxiliary acting in the cause of Russia, we've been reading Kilnet's Telegram feed. Kilnet's spokesperson Kill Milk announced today that after the group's most recent operational pause, it will begin cyber actions against Ukraine and NATO. Kilnet brings with it a new partnership with DevilSec, supposedly a Turkey-based ransomware group, which seems to focus on targeting NATO countries, Israel, and Ukraine. DevilSec's Telegram page was created in June 2022, but began hosting stories of DevilSec's cyber activities only recently on May 26 of 2023. DevilSec claims to have hacked the Bank of America, offering website data for the low, low price of $5,000. The group also claims to have stolen 1.5 million Kuwaiti citizenship documents on June 5th. DevilSec advertises its tools for sale, as well as free downloads of various tools to utilize exploits. The vulnerability is described as a DOM-based reflected cross-site scripting vulnerability in Elementor's website builder plugin. This partnership with DevilSec, should it be real, appears to represent a change of pace for Killnet, which had previously focused on DDoS campaigns. In the moderately unlikely event that DevilSec lives up to its own hype, the two cooperating groups could become more than just a nuisance if their partnership is real and lasts long enough to actually be productive. The war in Ukraine has people recognizing the actions of Western countries as sending ammunition and machines of war, but what many don't realize is that private industries have been just as instrumental to the defense of Ukraine as governmental arms support. Yesterday, the R Street Institute held a conference to discuss the impact of private cybersecurity firms on the war in Ukraine. And finally, a quick note about Patch Tuesday, which this month fell yesterday. Microsoft and Adobe have both issued patches for critical vulnerabilities. Microsoft patched six critical flaws, none of which appear to have been exploited in the wild, Security Week reports. Four of these bugs could lead to remote code execution, says Naked Security. Adobe has patched 12 vulnerabilities in Adobe Commerce that could lead to arbitrary code execution, security feature bypass, and arbitrary file system read. Magento Open Source is also affected by these flaws. As usual, apply the updates per vendor instructions. Coming up after the break, Carol Terrio ponders oversharing on social media, 
Our guest is Duncan Jones from Continuum on the threats of Harvest Now Decrypt Later tactics. Stay with us. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard, and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. everybody want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. Quantum computers are growing more capable and practical, and with that comes growing concern that what is safely encrypted today could be easily cracked tomorrow, a tactic sometimes referred to as harvest now, decrypt later. For a reality check on this, I spoke with Duncan Jones, head of quantum cybersecurity at Quantinuum. We recognize that in the not-too-distant future, perhaps, perhaps about 10 years from now, we could be in a position where quantum computers are able to break some of the encryption systems that we use today, things like RSA, for example. Now, the instinctive thought to have about that is, you know, I should get myself ready so that in 10 years' time I'm safe. But what people have begun to realize is that these attacks can occur retrospectively. And by that, I mean something as simple as this conversation now is being protected by uh, algorithms that will be vulnerable to an attack by a quantum computer. And nothing stops an attacker from recording this conversation that we're having. It will be an encrypted conversation. So today, they can't break into it and understand what we were talking about. But in 10 years' time, they would be able to do that potentially on a quantum computer. 
And so this is the idea of hacking now, as in getting access today to something that is encrypted with a vulnerable algorithm, and then decrypting it in the future on a quantum computer. And so it kind of um, addresses that notion that um, if I encrypt everything at rest, if the bad guys get a hold of my data, it doesn't matter because it's encrypted. Well, that it may not be a, a forward-looking thought. Yeah, it, it violates the idea that simply by encrypting things, you're definitely safe. Now, there is some nuance here because a lot of times when people think about encryption, they think about what's living on their hard disk being encrypted, and if somebody stole the hard disk, you know, their data is safe. And actually, in that setting, your data probably is safe against a quantum computer because we use different types of encryption for different use cases. So what is typically called data at rest encryption, which would be like the hard disk example, that tends to use algorithms that are safe against quantum computers, things like AES for which quantum computers will only gain a marginal advantage versus typical computers. Hmm. It's more the data in transit use cases that are vulnerable. So this is when you share something with somebody else around the world. Um, it doesn't just have to be you know, a conversation like this. It could be a transmission of data from an in-country agent back to their, you know, the, the intelligence community in their homeland, for example. So there's some really important sensitive stuff that moves around the world. And it's that data that is at risk. But I agree that most people still think that is perfectly safe today, but maybe that's not a correct viewpoint to have. Well, when I've heard folks talk about this, it primarily uh, is about espionage, as you say, you know, state secrets and that sort of thing. An adversary will gather up data with the hope that uh, someday in the future they'll be able to decrypt it. Should folks be concerned about this, or to what degree should folks be concerned about this from a pure business point of view? I think we should be realistic and, and recognize that to conduct an attack like this requires significant planning and resources. Um, and it's not practical for somebody to record the entire encrypted you know, internet emissions from the United States with a view to decrypting it all later. So there is clearly going to be some degree of targeting to these attacks. I do think espionage-type use cases are, are particularly at risk. Um, but, I, but equally, many large organizations share sensitive information that will still have value in 10-plus years. And so I wouldn't... I wouldn't rest easy if I was in the security team of a of a major organization. I think those those teams should consider themselves potentially at risk as well for IP theft or for you know the same motivations that might lead somebody to try to deploy ransomware, for example, might uh, encourage a more patient attacker to adopt this sort of approach as well. So I would say governments. Uh, intelligence communities and large organizations should all be thinking about this. Um, the typical person on the street or smaller businesses probably don't need to worry about it. What are your recommendations then for, for organizations to approach this? How, how do they dial in an appropriate amount of concern? Well, I think this first step many organizations haven't yet taken but do need to take is to assess their risk versus this threat. It doesn't require wholesale panic, but people do need to pause and reflect on 
do we have data that that falls into that category stuff that is really existential for our business and and would be damaging or super valuable to somebody else if it was uncovered in in 10 to 15 years time so that's step one is just even to consider am i in scope for this um assuming that you decide that you are then then there's really now a uh urgency coming to needing to act one of the things that's holding people up at the moment is that the the newer quantum resistant algorithms that are being standardized right now are not yet standardized so i was at rsa last week and listening to a, a chap from nist who was confirming their plans to release draft standards in this this summer and final standards early next year so it's, it's very close but we're not there yet so i would say that anybody who is nervous that they fall into scope for this sort of attack they need to be paying very close attention to the standardization process and they should probably start experimenting so if they build their systems themselves they need to start experimenting with these algorithms trying to build them in get getting ready for that sort of change because they need to change very soon uh, and if they buy in their systems and they rely on things from third parties they should now today be knocking on the door of those vendors and asking them what is their plan for moving to quantum safe algorithms what is the timeline and really impressing upon them the urgency that they feel to start protecting their data with quantum safe algorithms that's duncan jones from quantinuum Be honest, do you tend to overshare on social media? Lots of us do. Our UK correspondent Carol Terrio looks into this reality. She files this report. So there I was perusing cybercrime news when I came across some research from the University of East Anglia in the UK about why we internet users are so flipping vulnerable to cybercrime. Now, according to this recent study, People tend to disclose more personal information online when asked the same question multiple times. And the worry is that that leaves us more vulnerable to identity theft and cybercrime. Now, according to Dr. Piers Fleming, he's the lead researcher at the University of East Anglia's School of Psychology, we're continuously being bombarded with requests for our personal details. And it's true. Think about it. Comparison sites, travel bookings, insurance, mortgage, loan applications, subscription requests, dating sites, quizzes, customer surveys. It's endless. One, it's big money when it comes to advertisers and business partners. Two, it helps reduce fraud and increase organizational efficiency. And three, it can unearth trends that can significantly impact a company's bottom line. And... Let's be frank, if we are willing to share our personal information for free, why wouldn't these companies capitalize on it? The motivation behind this research from the University of East Anglia was to better understand the reasons why people share a significant amount of personal information, especially on social media platforms, without taking adequate measures to protect their account from unauthorized access. 
And it seems that according to the university's initial findings, the repeated requests for personal information from advertisers and marketers and social media experts are designed to increase our compliance. So my takeaway here is, well, nothing new really, but it's a fresh way to look at an old problem. Don't overshare online, even if you feel blasé, after every darn site online is pounding you with questions. Just think twice and make sure the information you want to share is being shared with the people you want to have it. This was Carol Terrio for The Cyberwire. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-plus-year partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. The show was written by Rachel Gelfand. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. 
Cyberwire Daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. <laughs>